Deep in the recesses of the Old Testament lies the story of Ruth. One scholar said, it's the most beautiful short story ever written. But how can a 3,000 year old book be relevant today? Ruth speaks into our cultural confusion surrounding gender and our increasing ethnic divide. It's an improbable and compelling love story, but ultimately, Ruth is a story of redemption. How God's sovereign grace redeems his people in and even through their suffering. Ruth reminds us that God still redeems people who are once far from him. His sovereign grace still redeems our suffering for our good and his glory. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Post-Sermon Reflections podcast here at Fellowship Crosspoint. We are looking at Ruth chapter 2, verses 17 and following today. Uh, My name is Anthony Pena. I am sitting down with the one and only, Mr. Donovan McLeese. Donovan, how you doing, brother? I don't know why you had to do that, but I'm, I'm good, brother. I'm, I'm good, man. I'm, I'm blessed to be here on today, have to be sitting across this table with you um, doing this post-sermon reflections podcast. Post-sermon. Post-sermon. Not just sermon reflections. This is post-sermon. Post-sermon. <laughs> After the sermon. So um, today we looked at uh, Pastor Brennan preached through uh, Ruth chapter 2, verses uh, 17 to the end of chapter 2. Uh, verse 23, and uh, the couple themes that we were able to to kind of hit on um, this morning. So um, a couple themes that I think we we really were able to take home are just the idea of uh, our racial or ethnic background not being torn down completely, but but the the dividing wall of hostility yeah. being torn down so that we can still celebrate each other's uh, ethnic differences, but also celebrate being united in Christ. Right. And then the second theme uh, would just be the idea of, of uh, redemption uh, and just how, how uh, special and, and beautiful that is. So um, let's, let's start with uh, theme number one. Um, we looked at uh, Ruth 2, 17 and, and following, uh, and we see that Ruth is, uh, she's, she's gleaning in a field and she's able to um, gather a whole bunch of grain. Like she's able to go home with uh, more grain than than anybody could have even imagined. Like thirty pounds mm-hmm. of grain, an ephah, an ephah, mm-hmm. thirty pounds. Little Abby brought it up. Uh, she was struggling, and we could picture Ruth carrying this. You know, about a quarter mile to a mile back home, and uh, you know, it's it's a pretty wild picture to to, to think about. Um, but when she gets back home, Naomi is shocked. Mm-hmm. She's like, man, why? where did you go to glean all of this food? And she explains, well, I was in the field of, of Boaz, mm-hmm. uh, which is really significant for ethnic reasons and for redemptive reasons. So uh, let's talk about the, the, the ethnic reasons first. So Donovan, um, Pastor Brennan kind of talked about um, Boaz's history. Mm-hmm. Uh, with his mother being Rahab. Right. So can you kind of dive into uh, some of the unique angles of Boaz's life, his his story, by looking at his mother Rahab? Yeah, absolutely. So um, what, what touched me the most is when he, when he mentioned Rahab and what her name meant. Her name means to open wide and accept. And, um, you know, 
That has it's, kind of a double meaning. Yeah, it has a double meaning story. to it. And I'm I'm kind of nervous to 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 mention the first meaning, but we just gonna go ahead and do it. <laughs> hopefully, um hopefully it's not offensive to anybody. <laughs> hopefully it's, not offensive. it's in the Bible. But um Rahab was a prostitute. Um and, and we see that that is a name that is fitting for um for the, the quote unquote work that she did. Yeah. Um, but then when you look at it, you know, on the other end of, of the stick, you know, to open wide and accept, she allowed the the spies in Joshua too. To stay with her, she opened up her home and allowed them to stay with with them, and she hid them. And um, what Pastor Brennan mentioned is that that's Boaz's mother, so he's heard the stories about how um, Rahab was accepted into the family. She was an ethnic other. She was an ethnic outsider. She was accepted into the family of God through faith in Christ. Right. So Boaz, hearing those stories as a young man. That's what he was doing um, for Ruth, and, and and that was that was huge because it, it says in the scriptures that he allowed her to dip her bread in the morsel, right? A Moabite, who's your daddy, an ethnic other, sitting among the Jews who are their notorious enemy, and Boaz in him who was strength is allowing her to dip her bread and in, in the morsel and, and eat with them. So that that was just amazing um, to, yeah. to see. Yeah, to think about the fact that. Boaz has some ethnic other mm -hmm. to him and probably heard from his own mother, Rahab, who uh, allowed the spies to come into the land of Canaan, mm -hmm. look look out, uh, see what was going on. And she said, hey, listen, I'll let you come in, but you got to spare my life. And uh, so she's an ethnic other. She's a Canaanite woman, mm -hmm. uh, but she's allowed to be grafted into the nation of Israel. Right. And then from that, we see... Boaz be born. And so Boaz has probably been told story after story yep. about how his mother, who was an ethnic foreigner to the nation of Israel, how she was welcomed into the family of, of Israel. Now, Boaz comes across somebody mm -hmm. who's a Moabite, who is an ethnic other. She's a widow. She's kind of helpless. Mm -hmm. um, she's hardworking, but she's, she's really not in a position of any type of power. Uh, easily oppressable. Yep. Uh, we see that throughout the text. And Boaz extends the same kindness to her mm -hmm. that was extended to his own mother. And likely that comes from himself understanding what right. it's like to be right. an ethnic other. And something I thought about as he was preaching it, I was just thinking the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree. I know it's cliche and I know it's old, but that's the first thing that came to my mind because who Rahab, Rahab was as a, as a person, as a mother, right? He, Boaz, gleaned that from his mother. And he probably would have been going against his mother had he not done that, right? So you can get some of that from a personal standpoint, but also from a spiritual standpoint, you know, because when we come to Christ and we are saved, we are made brand new, we begin to, to be different, right? We, we begin to be more Christ-like. Yeah. And he was more Rahab-like in the sense that what he did for Ruth. So I thought that was that was huge. Yeah, that's great. So we see this this kindness um, from Boaz to Ruth, and I think that we can say that like the kindness that Boaz shows Ruth mm -hmm. is not rooted in in what Ruth can bring to the table. Right, right. It's really rooted in just Boaz's kindness, which is a real picture of Christ to us. Yes, sir. Because you know Romans tells us that we, while we were still enemies with God, Christ died for That's us. Right. The Moabites are still enemies to the nation of Israel, yet 
Boaz is bestowing kindness and grace and maybe even mercy upon Ruth in a way where he's protecting her from all the other dangers that could possibly be taking place in her life. Not only protecting her, but giving her. She's off in the she's off on the side eating grains and he says, no, 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 come in, come enjoy the oil, the vinegar, the bread, like you are one of us. Uh, but that, that kindness is rooted in Boaz, not necessarily right, right. Ruth herself, but that kindness, Donovan, mm. you would think that kindness would be a unilateral, Hey, everybody loves kindness, mm-hmm. but it's possible that those Jews at that time mm. looked at Boaz and said, yo, Bo, what are you doing, bro? Right. Um, she's an ethnic other. She's a Moabite. She's our enemy. Why are, you bring, why are you bringing her in? Why are you being kind to her? And that kindness and generosity can bring about anger mm-hmm. in somebody else. We see that in our society today. Uh, I don't know. Uh, so first of all, let me just say this. We have... Two men sitting across the table from one another. Now, you may not see us. You don't really need to see us. Like I said, we got a face for radio. That's right. <laughs> but, uh, but if you don't know, I am white. I'm half white. I'm half Puerto Rican. But I look white. You do. I don't show up in pictures that have the flash on. And Donovan is, is black. Yes, I am. And so here we are sitting together, unified in Christ, enjoying a, 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 a helpful conversation. Amen. Uh, we can extend kindness and grace to one another, um, but we probably have two different, very exper- two very different experiences coming from different backgrounds, right. different cultures. So I'm curious: Have you experienced at all uh, maybe being shown kindness or showing kindness to other people that has brought about anger directed towards you? Yeah, I, I think I don't think it has been like directed in anger, but when I tell uh, some of my friends that I I go to this church. Right, and it's a multi-ethnic church, and my pastor is white. You know, I've had people ask me the question, "What is that white man going to teach you?" Right, and sometimes I'm taken aback by that question, and like, how do I answer that? You know, but when I when I look at you know who I am as a Christian, right? Pastor Brennan said something earlier. He said, uh, "My identity is in Christ." Right, my identity in Christ supersedes my ethnic identity. It doesn't erase it, but it supersedes it. And that's the perfect answer for that question, right? Because, yeah, that man may not look like me, right? But he opens up the scriptures and, a God, and God reveals something to him that needs to be said to the congregation. That's what I get, right? So if that word is correct and if he's preaching that gospel, that's what I'm, that's what I'm getting. That's what I'm hearing. So that's what that quote unquote white man can teach me. Um, so when, when, you know, I get questions like that, I, I kind of laugh now um, to the point where it's like, okay, God has brought me here, right? Maybe he hasn't gotten you past your ethnic identity because we, we do put a lot into our ethnic identity. I'm a black man, right? But now that I'm a, a Christian, I'm a Christian who's black. So yeah, there have been times where, you know, um, I had to answer a question about, you know, what am I doing here at this church? Why am I not in a black church? And, you know, it's, it's kind of old now, um, but it is what it is. And it's not that either of us would choose to be a part of a church that has a white pastor mm-hmm. or a black pastor. We want a church that preaches the word of That's God. That's right. That Amen. gives us the truth. And, uh, you know, we we would sit under anybody's teaching uh, who's given the word of God, the truth. Uh, doesn't matter what they look like. That's that's what we care about the most. That's right. Um, 
So, yeah, I mean, we see, we see in our culture, there are still ethnic divisions. Unfortunately, even within the body of Christ, mm-hmm. I mean, we still see, I mean, they, they say, you know, there's that cute little saying that Sunday is the most segregated. Yes. Sunday between a, a, like 10 and 11 are the most se- segregated time of the week. And it's so true. I mean, it's really a shame that that is still a reality. Uh, but we as Christians should be fighting to to bring as much unity as we possibly can into into the one body of Christ. I mean, because we are the only people that can. Right. Right. Because when you look into the world and you see, you know, all of this diversity training and you see all of these things to bring racial reconciliation apart from Christ, it can't be done. Right. So when we come into um, a church like Fellowship Crosspoint and we hear, you know, um, you know, worship songs in different languages. Right. I look to the left. And I look to my right and I see people who speak a different language and are singing songs in different language. But I know that they're my my brother. Or my sister, that stuff can't happen out into the world because it was it was Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit who reconciled us vertically to himself and then horizontally to one another. And that stuff just can't happen into the world. So we got to actually go out there and show that love that Christ has showed us to others and bring them in so that they can experience what we ourselves are experiencing here in church. Yeah. Unfortunately, um, rest in peace to the Eagles. Super Bowl season. But... Uh, <laughs> Uh, unfortunately, they lost. But I remember what it was like the week leading up to the Super Bowl. Everyone's got on their Eagles gear. Yep. Everyone's high-fiving each other in, in, in restaurants and in the malls and all this stuff and just saying, go birds. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that really is a picture of what the church should be right. like. That we should just be encouraging each other. It doesn't matter who you are, what you look like, where you're from. Mm-hmm. If we are unified in Christ, then we're unified in the most important thing that matters. Right. And um, you know whether whether you agree with somebody in a sport that you like, or you share the same career, you share the same hobbies. All of those things can bring us together, but all of those things are not strong enough to right. unify us mm-hmm. beyond all Completely. the other divisions that we might have. Um, so Pastor Brennan's number one takeaway, well, his first takeaway was stay in the game. Yes. He pointed to, um, people who, who are, um, maybe feeling the, the, the weight of hearing diversity this, and then they think, okay, well, agenda that, or, um, just feeling like they're public enemy number one, especially to our white brothers and sisters, uh, who feel like they're just kind of being targeted at this point, he says, stay in the game. In the game. Stay in the game. Like, still continue to seek the unification of brothers and sisters beyond your skin color. Mm-hmm. But then he also pointed to maybe some 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 non-white people to stay in the game. And you kind of talked about this yeah. uh, just a moment ago. But um, his his point was 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 what there, Donovan. Yeah. So that 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 was that takeaway was for me. Like when I first heard that takeaway, it was like I thought about the conversations that I had, like even with some close friends. That asked me why I was here, and you know, what is he gonna teach me? I even had a a pastor tell me one time, you know, when I told him, I said, "Hey, man, I don't feel like I'm doing anything for my community. I'm out here in Chesterfield. My people are back in Trenton." And he was like, "That's because you're in that church with that white man. I mean, I respect your pastor, but that's where it is. So when you get to a point where you've gleaned everything you can from him, tell him that he has to release you." And I'm like, "Okay, all right, whatever." So then I left, and I began to think about it. I'm like. Release me to what? I still live in Trent. I can go outside my door and serve. Right? I don't have to leave the church that I'm at in order yeah, to do that. Yeah. So I think even with 
you know, loving his heart, he said those things to me, but didn't realize the division that he could have caused had I would have, you know, yeah. taken that approach. So Absolutely. again, that, that takeaway was for me standing game. You you listen to all that stuff out there. You, you go to the scripture and see what the scripture says about it. I come in and I listen to um, the preaching of God's word. And if that preaching of God's word, like I said before, is right and true, I'm not going anywhere. Right. So, so, um, before we move on to the, the second takeaway, I just have to say this real quick, and I've actually said this during a worship service, mm-hmm. and that is, I've seen Donovan at a few weddings, <laughs> and my man can turn up. I just like, I, I like to dance, but I see Donovan just cutting oh, I love the it. rug I love up it. like a pair of scissors. <laughs> and and part of it, part of it is because you are with people that you enjoy. Absolutely. You're celebrating something. I've seen you with, with some of your family, some of your closest friends, just, just having a ball and just having so much fun. But I also remember uh, there was one day I was leaving church and you told me, you were like, man, I just, I just don't want to leave this church. <laughs> like, I just want to stay here. I just feel so good here. And I, I honestly feel like as much fun as I've seen you have with your friends, yeah. with your family, with people that are closest to you, even though you weren't cutting it up at church, dancing all over the place, I knew that in that moment, the place, like even at a wedding, you would prefer to be oh, here absolutely. at this church amongst the family of God. Absolutely. And that includes Amit and Nirja, mm-hmm. Niven and Marino, our Indian brothers and sisters. That includes uh, Delma and Diego, yeah. our Spanish-speaking Puerto Rican brothers and sisters. That includes Pastor Brennan, his family, white brothers and sisters, your black brothers and sisters. Like it doesn't matter who we are according to our skin color, right. but who we are according to to, to Christ, being right. a part of the family of God. That's right. You are 100% right. And just to add to that, you know, Pastor Brennan mentioned earlier, he said the antidote for ethnic division is the cross, man. When I come in here, I know that we are blood-bought believers in Jesus Christ. Yeah. And that cross has reconciled us. So I don't see, yes, I see what you look like. I'm not going to say I don't see color, but I see what you look like, right? And I know what I look like, but I also see that cross that's right there in the middle of us bringing us together. And it's it's nothing better than knowing that I'm, I'm, I'm rubbing shoulders and, you know, walking alongside of people who I'm going to get to be with in heaven. Yeah. There's no greater feeling than yeah. that. So that's why I don't want to leave. I want to be here. Yeah, exactly. That's why when Pastor Minister say you want to do a podcast at the church, I'm like, duh, right? Because I don't have to leave. Right, but you brought your own podcast <laughs> set up. All right, so the the second takeaway and the second theme is um, this idea of a kinsman redeemer. So um, not only has has Ruth been welcomed into the community of Israelites, she's now staring down the possibility of being incorporated into a family yeah. again. Now, when Naomi asks, "Wait a minute, who whose field were you gleaning from?" She says, oh, man, it was this guy named Boaz. He's been super nice to me. He's been protecting me. Um, We see the beginning of something really special happening. Now, I had a spoiler alert in the last podcast that I did. I'm going to go ahead and spoil the story again. My man Boaz is going to ultimately redeem Ruth's situation. And uh, in a way, Naomi's as well. Naomi takes hope in the fact that she goes, oh, my goodness, Boaz, that's a relative of mine. She knows Boaz. She knows his, um, his credibility. She knows he's a strong dude. And she begins to take hope and see that all of the difficulties that she's walked through are now moving towards right. 
God's grace and provision being back into her life. So um, what's interesting to me is Boaz, although his name eludes this idea of strength, um, in him is strength. There's only so much strength that Boaz has. If 500 Ruths came back from, the, from, from Moab, Boaz wouldn't have the resources. Despite him having a ton of resources, he wouldn't have the resources to extend a, 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 an act of redemption to all of those people. Right. Ruth is highly blessed to be able to, to receive from Boaz. But he, he, his strength only goes so far. It's limited. So, Donovan, hmm. do we have a personal Boaz, a real life, like right next to us, who, who can redeem all of the things like in our family, in our lives? Do we have a, a, a living person next to us that can do that? I mean, I wouldn't say he's next to us. I would say that he's living inside of us. Um, yeah, I think you're... Your your point there says um, that we don't have a Boaz, but we have Christ. Mm-hmm. Christ is our better Boaz. Mm-hmm. He is our redeemer of. Um, he redeemed us from our sin. He redeemed us from death and the grave. He redeemed us from hell. He redeemed us from God's wrath, and he continues to redeem us today. He redeems our situations. Yeah. Right. So when we're going through, you know, trying times and and, and things are unsettling and. You know, we don't we we can't see the light at the end of the tunnel, or we can't see through the fog of God's frowning providence over to his his smiling face. We have Christ who is willing to do that, who has done that, and who continues to do that. So yeah, we don't have a Boaz, man. We have a we have a Jesus Christ. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I have, you know, some people in my family that, you know, that love me, that care for me, mm-hmm. but I know ultimately they can't redeem me. That's right. Um and and I don't have anybody physically that can redeem me the way that Christ has redeemed me. And so um, Christ is the better Moses. He's the better David. Right. He's the better Boaz. And so um, we look to somebody who has chosen to give of his wealth. Boaz is going to choose to give of his wealth to bring Ruth not only into the community of the Israelites, but into a family that she's going to have protection, provision for the rest of her physical life. We as Christians have the benefit of knowing Christ to receive from him, from his abundance of wealth, his never-ending wealth, to experience provision and protection, not just for the rest of our physical lives, but for the rest of our spiritual lives, which will go on for all of eternity. So I think a question that we can ask ourselves is, how can we be a Boaz to other people? We talked about how kindness can, can bring about some harsh feelings. Uh, and maybe, maybe we felt like outsiders before. This may be a, a really weird analogy, but I remember I worked on the turnpike. Uh, my dad used to work on the turnpike, the New Jersey turnpike, and um, I, I used to work there seasonally. I would go and cut grass, and it was, it was wild. And I remember the first time I was there, it was like 30 guys that worked there. They all had like these big jugs and coolers. And like I came in with like this little lunchbox. <laughs> and I felt like such a dork. I felt like such a dweeb. And I was just like, man, I don't, I don't know anybody here. Mm-hmm. And guess, guess who was there? But this Christian brother who uh, he and I got connected. We started Bible studying together. And I felt like I became a part right, of yeah. that family. Somebody brought me in. Now, that's like a really 
weak analogy, but I think we all can feel, we can remember what it feels like to be an outsider yeah. and then to have somebody say, hey, man, come on over here. Come join us. You're welcome to be here. Um, so how can we be a Boaz to other people? How can we express kindness uh, to, to people who may be uh, outsiders? I, I, you you oh, got yeah. the mic up. I don't know so, if that's going to yeah. be a rhetorical question. You, you, know, you got an actual response to I, it. I think I got a response to that. I think it starts with remembering that kindness that, that, that God has showed us to bring us, you know, part of his family, right? We show, that's, that's how we live in light of the gospel, right? We, we hear the gospel, we receive it, you know, we, we, we place our faith and our hope and our trust in Christ and he redeems us and then we go out into the world and we do the same thing by sharing the gospel with others yeah. and pointing them to Christ, the only true redeemer. And, and, and that's how it's done by, by remembering what Christ has done for us and then doing that. Um, for other people. Like, you can just remember that story, right? Because you felt like an outsider. Yeah. And a guy came over here with his big lunch pail and he began to talk to you. And he brought you in. And now you feel like you're a part of the team. Yeah. I mean, that's what Christ has done for us. We were outsiders, right? We're not, you know, if you go back to the Old Testament, right? We're not 100% Jewish, right? Right. We're Gentile, right? So we had to be grafted in mm -hmm. because the J Jews jacked up, right? <laughs> Um, and, and when he did that, he, 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 he challenged us to do the same thing by the power of his, his Holy Spirit. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's what we're called to do. And when, again, when we look back at the kindness that God has shared, you know, it's only right that we, we share that kindness with other people. That's what Boaz did. You know, when, when, when Rahab, his mother was grafted in, yeah. she did that for him. She yeah. taught him them stories and he you know, did that for, for Ruth. Yeah. So it's a continuous cycle. So, I mean, it really can be like a practical thing, like even just at church, um, seeing people that are not, you know, talking with anybody, um, just making them feel totally welcome, but also just on a, on a bigger scale um, as the, the universal church, the body of Christ. Right. Um, just making sure that we are standing in the gap of humanistic ideas mm -hmm. Um, different philosophies that are attempting to unite people but will ultimately fail. Right. And just saying like, hey, man, um, when, you, when you've when run your course, you're, you're welcome here and we'll love you. We'll, Amen. We'll, we'll give you the respect and honor that you deserve and point you to Christ. So last thing I just wanted to, to quickly highlight is uh, I mentioned this during the first service, um, but uh, just for time's sake, I didn't mention it during the second, and I think I think it's worth mentioning here on the podcast. So today we sang, "How Great Is Our God." Mm -hmm. uh, we we sung it in uh, is it sang or sung? We sang it. 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 Okay, I know she it was sung. It. it was sung earlier, <laughs> and uh, we we sang it in uh, in French, Hindi. Spanish and English. But let me let me stop you for a second. Let yeah. me tell you, during the first service when Danielle began to sing in French, yeah, bro, I was in tears, in tears. Like not only did I not understand what she was saying, <laughs> right, but I realized that God understood exactly, exactly what she was saying. Exactly, and I got to try as hard as I could to read the lyrics on the screen, but I was just in tears knowing that just because I'm limited. We have a God who's unlimited. Exactly. So I just wanted to throw that in there. Yeah. Sorry. Shout out to Danielle. Yeah, shout out to Danielle. Shout out to Her all the longer. singers who sang in different languages. We've sung it in Thai before. I mean, it's been, it's crazy. Yeah, Joshua killed that. Yeah, yeah. So uh we 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 look at a God who who can hear and and 
in multiple languages and not have to translate and, um, you know, work through, like I said, he don't got the Spanish angel, the French angel, the Hindi angel and say, hey, man, what's, what's, what's going on? What are they saying? No, he understands it all. He's the creator of all languages. Um, we had a young lady that used to go to our church uh, named Haruka, and Haruka recently left to go back to her home country of Japan. Right. It was a very uh, she she was at the vine and which is the young adult ministry on Sundays and we said goodbye to her and for me it was an emotional moment just because I knew that I may never see Haruka again and she's a sweet soul she's a nice young lady and I was just like man like this is this is goodbye for now yeah and I just realized like I may never see Haruka ever again on this earth but the overwhelming reality of the fact that I'm I will see her again in heaven, struck me. And on top of that, not only will I see her, but I will see the people that she's had an influence Mm -hmm. for Christ in their lives. And I'm going to meet them. And I'm going to say, Haruka, what's going on? She's going, hey, yo, meet my my homies. Meet my people. (laughs) And there's going to be no language barrier between us. There's not going to be a translator. I think we're going to just speak to one another. We're going we're gonna to have this heavenly understanding of what is being said to one yes, another. And I'm going to say, man, all the things that Haruka took from, from Fellowship Crosspoint and brought back to Japan with her, I see the fruit of that because there are lives that she has uh, encouraged, edified, helped to sanctify, and brought into the family of Christ. And there are tons of people all over the world from all different countries, all different nations, that we're going to see the fruit of the labor of Christians and missionaries going into those countries, bringing the truth of the gospel to people. And we're, we're going to stand in the most diverse place we've ever yes, seen, which is going to be heaven yes, itself. And we're going to have the, the privilege to worship our King Jesus without any inhibition of sin, without any worry of death or sickness or sadness. And we will stand united without any ethnic divisions as brothers and sisters in Christ. And I think those ethnicities might still exist, but they're not going to be divisions. Amen. And uh, so I'm just excited about all the people that I've been in contact with for weeks or months or even years at a time that I've had to say goodbye to and likely will never see on this side of heaven again, but will be reunited with them one day and those that they've brought to Christ as well. And what, what an incredible truth and joy that is to uh to embrace Amen. Amen. i think that's a, a beautiful place to close um there there will be no ethnic divisions um in heaven and christ who is our redeemer he lives exactly and um you know if you don't have anything else i'm gonna close in prayer my man let me go ahead up out of here go ahead brother oh but first of all if you haven't um you know Listen to the sermon if you weren't here today. Um, it's going to be posted, so go to our website and check it out, and then come back and listen to um, the podcast um, just to just to glean a little bit more from the service. But I'm gonna go ahead and pray. Father God, we honor you, we worship you, we praise you. Lord God, we thank you for this story of Boaz and Ruth and Naomi. Lord God, um, that you put in the scriptures for us. Lord God, we thank you for the cross. Lord God, the cross that um, cancels all division. Lord God, a cross that redeems us um, from our sin from death, from the, from the wrath of God. Lord God, we thank you for all that Christ has done for us, Lord God. We pray that we can go out of here on today 
and and share the love of Christ that he has shown shared with us Lord God so that people can be drawn to you and so that people can come in and and know that it's the cross that truly truly um brings together people Lord God I pray all these things in your name Christ amen amen